Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today I'm with Olivia Baylor again, and I'm excited. So this is a coaching session, but we're I think we're going to end up doing it a little bit more general. While recording this right now, we are in the middle of COVID-19. So um, we're recording in April. April 10th of 2020. And of course it won't be released till later and people can be listening in a couple of years, but right now it's a huge issue. And so this is actually a really good time for us to have this conversation. Jump in, yeah, tell us all about what you do. And I cannot wait to have this conversation. Well, I'm, I'm a therapist out in Catonsville. Um, I work primarily with couples um, and individuals as well who identify as either LGBTQ or they're, you know, not within the LGBTQ community. Um, I've also uh, do some work with immigration clients. So clients who are seeking any type of uh, assistance with psych evaluations in relation to domestic violence, um, if they're just trying to stay in the space, a student visa. Um, so I work in conjunction with uh, a lot of immigrant clients who are in need of assessments and work in conjunction with their attorney. Um, and so we're located out in Catonsville, um, and that's about, you know, pretty much it the, with the clientele we work with. We also work with military personnel and police officers as well, because my background is in uh, criminal justice before I became a therapist. Um, and we have now four new clinicians that are working at the practice, um, actively working with the community in Catonsville. I love what you do. <laughs> I think it's so great. And you work with a really um, unique demographic that needs a lot of help and support. And I, I'm just, I'm so excited. And when we've talked, when we've spoken previously, the biggest issue that you were seeing come up with couples was infidelity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, because we're in the middle of COVID-19 and we're focusing more on that, it's completely shifted. Yes, completely shifted. Yes. So let's now just the main, dive in. Yeah. So the main issue that we're seeing is, of course, you have, um, for the married couples, is realizing that you're married <laughs> to this person <laughs> and you're figuring out who they are now um, outside of work because usually most of our day is uh, given to our job. Um, so you get home at five o'clock, six o'clock for some people and they eat and spend maybe about two, three hours together before you're really down for the evening. Um, and if you include the weekends for a lot of people, it's mainly chores related. So you really don't get that much time to interact with your partner. Um, what we're seeing now is a drastic change to that because your partner is there all day, every day. Um, and so a lot of clients are coming in saying, I don't know who this person is. You know, they're annoying to me. I can't be around them. <laughs> Um, it's just too much. So um, helping clients to understanding that you can bring the spark back into your relationship, even though you're spending so much time with that person. It's almost like you're redating that person. Right. Um, and, and then we're also seeing on the other side of it, people who are single, um, who are having a sense of feeling of loneliness, um, and they're wanting to date, but they don't know how to date because, of course, they don't want to be within a close distance of a person. So providing some uh, interventions and, you know, homework assignments as ways they can still connect with the other person. That's, so that's super interesting to me. We have a lot of adult kids and our 24 year old son uh, was over yesterday and he's like, 
the Tinder guy, you know, he mm -hmm. Tinder dates all the time. <laughs> and um, we thought that, I mean, in my mind and generation, that's pretty disconnected and predominantly physical. I mean, it's, it's like the sex app, right? If you want to, mm -hmm. if you want to hook up, it's perfect. And so we, <laughs> we asked him yesterday, like, Hey, how you doing now that you're not dating? Because, and I think the thought behind it was there's no, there's no human interaction. You're not talking to people and texting people and visiting with like, there's no connection at all. And he's like, I had no idea how much money I was spending. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting at all. But I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, I can't even imagine. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let's talk first about people who are single and dating. And my best friend is dating someone and now, you know, they don't live together, so they don't see each other. And, and mm -hmm. she's like, you know, and because they're dating and it's a relatively new relationship, um, although they've known each other for a few years, it's kind of building up all this anticipation. Mm -hmm. Jump in and tell me about, the, let's talk about the dating stuff first. Okay. So for dating, you know, again, majority of our dating that, that people are doing nowadays is online. Um, it's not the old school dating is what the, the younger kids <laughs> say to me, where somebody will walk up to them and introduce themselves to them, meet them at a grocery store and try to connect them. That's not dating um, as it, they're not doing that type of dating now. Um, if people were to do that, a lot of them still as if that person is kind of you know, weird. They're like, well, why would they just pop up and talk to me in a, a regular spot? Or why? You know, I don't know anything about them. So a lot of people now do the online dating. Um, it, it is more of a disconnect with the online dating, but there's still the outcome that you eventually do go on a date. Uh, with a lot of people being quarantined now, uh, they're not having that opportunity to date. So you have to figure out some unique ways to still connect with another person and still have um, you know, a date in a sense while you're inside your own home and they're inside their own home. Yeah. Um, so a, a suggestion that could be is uh, what I've told some people to do is consider ordering from the same restaurant um, and then set up like a FaceTime or a Zoom meeting. And so they're still having dinner together, but they're just looking at each other, you know, on video. Um, they can watch a movie together. If one person has Netflix or an Amazon uh, subscription to the movies. They can watch that together. They can still have that same interaction, but it's just not going to be a physical one until we get out of uh, this situation. But currently, they can still communicate that way. Those are great ideas, actually. So they kind of, you know, we had date night and I really, really love date night once a week. And it doesn't have to be like a big expensive thing in my relationship, but just setting aside time. And so because we can't go anywhere much and do, we can't do that much. <laughs> two weeks ago, I think almost two weeks ago, we drove through the drive-through uh, of a donut shop here in Reno mm -hmm. and we got a donut. Well, he bought a dozen and brought them home to the kids, but uh, we got a donut and a coffee and we went through the drive-through and then we just sat in the parking lot yeah and had our donut and coffee i mean that's the only way that we can be alone at this point in time and that mm -hmm. does 
put a strain on things a little bit. So I like, like they could do pick up at a restaurant and sit in cars next to each other. <laughs> they could exactly do that. And that's a way for them to still have a, a communication with one another. What it, you know, what honestly this is going to cause is for a lot of people to slow down um, and they're going to have more time to communicate with their partners uh, or the people that they're dating. Whereas, you know, before a lot of people were working during the day and there's some people that are still working, but they still have time to come home because they're not going out like they were before. Um, and it's causing them to have to communicate more. What a lot of people are finding out is there's things about themselves that they don't like, or there's things about the other person that they realize they have changed over the years or are still the same. And they're confused about why it hasn't changed over the years. Mm. Um, you know, being a married couple, it is difficult, especially if you're in the same house and you have kids to have your almost separate time. And yeah. so I always suggest for people to have a separate time. It can include, you know, having time where you're in your bedroom by yourself and everybody else is in the living room. Somebody goes outside to the back patio or in the backyard or front patio or in the basement um, just to have that time apart. But you always want to make sure you bring yourself back together as a family. Um, as a family connection as a whole, it's really important during this time. And it's good to get to know more about your kids, you know, learn the things that they like, they don't like, because with our busy schedules, we've disconnected from those things before. So we never really had the opportunity to talk to our kids about, hey, you know, how school, what are your emotions, you know, what are you feeling, what are those everyday stressors, because our lives have been so much of a go, go, go. Um, we can take this as an opportunity to slow down and, and just talk. I love, so if we're, we can shift gears to that because I, you know, I'm in a relationship and we have kids and that's a lot different. I, I've worked from home for the last four years and my husband's an essential service. So he still goes to work and his job, it's shifted a lot. Even if you're working and you're an essential service, the stress level and the atmosphere is shifted. He may not personally feel stressed a tremendous amount of stress from the situation. Like we have nobody who's sick. We're not in a demographic of people who will probably get sick. Um, there's not a lot of stress about the illness itself, but just mm -hmm. you walk out, you, you know, like our, our 18 year old daughter ran to the store for us and she hadn't been in like two weeks. And when she walked in, it, the atmosphere is so different, just going to pick something yeah. up at the store. She came back and she's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go out again ever. Like I, so the stress can be not self-induced. And then mm -hmm. there is the self-induced stress from the situation, the what if I get sick and the financials. So I can, let's go down a few things. The first thing that I want to do, and I'll make notes so I make sure we tack these off because the dating thing, I mean, you already gave great suggestions. I think it would be a blast to sit, to pull up next to each other in spots on the, in a parking lot or facing each other in a parking lot mm -hmm. and just kind of have like a pseudo date, like waving yeah. at each other. You could really have a lot of fun with that. There could be a lot mm -hmm. of things within that that you could do. Um, we're not in a quarantine area, so we just have to, I can go for a walk. I can take my dog out. Mm -hmm. um, we just have to be respectful about our distance and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like in, in situations like that, if you stayed far enough apart, you could even take a walk together. You just yeah. can't, you just, right. So you can be creative and actually have fun with that. And I think, I know I'm, I'm like, there's so many things I want to talk about. So I'm trying not to be scattered. 
with the relationship with the people who are not in relationships to kind of wrap that up are people really finding that they wanted different things that they thought that they wanted and i know yes. we can hear her dog but her dog's really cute and so we're just going to listen to her dog chewing on the bone because this is real life we have kids coming in this is totally shifted so i'm trying my best to get him to move further away but he's not I, I do not care about the dog and the bone. So the noise in the background, just think cute little fuzzy puppy, you know, chewing on a bone. Yeah. So, anyway, so go ahead. Are people really finding that they want things that are totally different than they initially thought? Because when we're so busy with our work mm -hmm. and our lives and we have this, oh, I want this. In this situation, you have to reevaluate. Mm -hmm. People are reevaluating the things that they want, the things they thought they liked, the people who they thought they liked around them. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Um, people are realizing who their friends are and who are not their friends uh, very quickly. Um, they're also realizing, hey, maybe I didn't need to go to the club every night, or maybe I do drink a lot because I'm looking at my finances now and I'm noticing that, you know, I'm spending thousands of dollars, <laughs> um, you know, at a club or, you know, at this department store or at this liquor store. And so that reevaluation is hitting a lot of people right now and that adjustment um is you know some for some of them very difficult um but for some people it's actually something that's helping them out a lot because some people are going to come out of this more financially stable um more you know aware of who they are and the things that they like and the things that don't like who their friends are and who are were not their friends um so we're going to see a lot of that we're also going to see just in general there may be some people who do have harder times that come out of this because of course a lot of people are getting laid off because of the situation of furloughed. Um, and so it is impacting them. So as a whole, um, you, you hear it a lot where people are saying life will never be the same after this. Um, I, I don't like to tackle on, I like to or say it in that sense. I like to say it is life will be adjusted after this in a way that it could either be a, a positive way or a negative way. It all depends on how uh, we choose to follow through with it. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's like my son saying, like he didn't, he wasn't really tracking how much dating was costing him. And like, I'm his mom. I'm like, dude, go Dutch. Like yeah. split the bill. <laughs> like, I don't understand what, why are you paying for everything? And, and that's hard for me because I'm so traditional. I mean, I'll turn 50 this year. And so, oh, okay. yeah. So the guy pays, right? And my generation, mm -hmm. the man pays for the date. Right, yeah, for the food. And, yeah. Uh, and I think we raised our kids that way, be a gentleman and pay for it. And he has a job that pays pretty well. But I think, I think in this unique generation that, we're, you know, the, that, that 18 to 25 year old range right now, I think they need to do it a little bit. You cannot go on five dates a week and pay for every single one of them. Yeah. So I, I'm well, glad you looked at his finances. Yeah, and I, you know what I would suggest for people who are dating, even in the sense of, you know, during this time period, um, consider dating free or financially free dating. Um, so what I tell people is if you have a movie at home, of course you can watch a movie, you know, quote unquote, Netflix and, and chill. Um, but they can also do things such as sitting in the backyard, going to a park, going on a picnic, um, going to some of the free museums that are out there. Every state has a, a free museum. 
um, to figure out their finances. I think that the younger generation struggles a little bit with finances mm -hmm. because their parents, um, the generation before them, their parents had, um, or if you think of the baby boomers, they were the ones who were financially more stable. They held on to their money a little bit tighter to make sure that their kids afterwards did not struggle. But what it kind of created was those kids were raised with the thought of, well, we have finances, we'll be okay. The baby boomers knew the struggle. Their kids really don't know the struggle. And then now we're seeing a generational change where um, this younger generation doesn't understand the value of a dollar as much as maybe the baby boomers do. Um, so we'll see that change though with everything happening now because they're understanding the value of a dollar because a lot of these people are losing their jobs and they're just at home. They have more time to look at their finances. How glaring is it? This isn't about being single or married, but just people having, if, if the, let's just assume the majority are furloughed, they're home, they've lost their jobs, they're not working. So they have a ton of time on their hands. And one part is the relationships they have might not be what they want. But the other thing is they might not like themselves a whole lot either. So can we yeah. talk about people who are at home that are recognizing they're not super excited about themselves or want to make changes in their yeah. own life? Let's do that one first. Okay. So we, we have seen, you know, of course, depression spike for some people um, because they are getting kind of that isolation feel. Um, and it depends on where the person is located, of course, during this time period. If you're more in like the New York area, um, of course, you're feeling it a little bit more because uh, it's higher rates of people who are um, now coming up with the COV-19. Uh, so, of course, it's a little bit more difficult for them to go out and they're deciding to stay inside. Uh, which is what they're suggesting. Um, so depression rates have increased a lot for people. And of course, anxiety because of worry has increased. And so many people are starting to evaluate themselves and say, well, hey, you know, was I a nice person? And, and sometimes um, that happens because we're almost in a sense for a lot of people going through the stages of grief okay. um, because they've, they've lost like their freedom along with um, this virus happening. So you know, they're, they're going through the acceptance phase, the anger phase, and they're reevaluating who they are. For those people who are, who are saying at home, like, I don't know who I am now because I have to sit with myself and who am I as a person without all of these other things, without my money, without going on shopping, without going to a club, who am I as a person? And some people are struggling to find that answer. Um, I always recommend that when that does happen for a lot of people to definitely, of course, seek out therapy to, you know, dig a little deeper, take that time to really evaluate who you are as a person, but also give yourself a win every day. Talk about something positive that you've done, even if it's a small thing, such as cleaning up the dishes after you finish eating, because you typically don't. Um, so saying something positive about yourself will always give you that, um, that, that little bit of a push that you may need because a lot of people look for validations from other people, but during this period, we have to get the validation from ourselves. It's so interesting how we think about things differently. I think even though I am a pretty laid back personality, those stages of grief I'm going to hit, I, I'm hitting in maybe a less e extreme way than other people, but still, like I've been pissed for a while about it. But I'm not like pissed. I'm like, I'm, this makes me angry, you know? So, but one thing that I noticed and, and it hasn't changed for me, but it's changed for so many people is that you've been given a gift of time. Yes. You yeah. had this loss, 
you're not working, you're furloughed, you've lost your independence, you're at the house, but like time is the one commodity we can't get more of, make more of, find more, you know, like, like it's a huge thing. And not only that, I understand that money is lower, um, but there's so many opportunities within that. If you want to start a new career, learn something, write a book, like there's this list of things you have the time now and places are discounting their programs or giving them away. Like now you were given a gift of time and then it took away a lot of the financial stress, at least of purchasing that program or doing the thing that you wanted to do. So do you counsel people in that direction that like, this is also a time with a ton of opportunity? Well, yes, of course. I mean, because with therapy, we, we do have to be, um, you know, it, we always look at the negatives of everything. Everything's going to come out to the negative. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to look at the positives of certain things. You have time now. You wanted to go back to school. Now is the opportunity for you to go back to school. You always wanted to learn a language. There's many companies that are offering free language learnings online. Um, there's a lot of things that are free. A lot of music companies are signing to teach people music classes for free online. Um, a couple of DJs will have um, on Fridays and Saturdays on Instagram, they have dance parties or they'll DJ, you know, a full, um, you know, for like a full hour or two hours that people can just listen to music and dance in their own home. So there's so many things that are trying to be done to make sure that people still stay connected. Um, even from a lot of gyms are offering free personal training to people online. Um, yoga classes are free online. Um, there is meditation classes that are being, you know, offered free online. So being able to take advantage of that now uh, is so much of a, of a good thing for a lot of people in order to try to get out of those negative uh, feelings. What we're also seeing as well as a lot of people are taking care of their homes now. Um, so even though uh, you may think that like stores like Home Depot or Lowe's uh, might be closed right now, they're actually pretty busy because mm -hmm. people are taking care of those last minute home repairs that they haven't been able to take care of. Um, um, parents are reconnecting with their kids. Kids are reconnecting with friends that they haven't talked to in a long time. Family members who typically don't get a phone call are getting a phone call now. Um, so there's a lot of things that can um, be used in a positive with time that can be beneficial for people during this time period. I, I, I can't, I mean, I didn't, you said some things that I hadn't even thought of, but I just know that like, there's this huge list of things that people, uh, this is my opinion. It used to seem like you'd be standing in line at the grocery store or the bank and everybody mm -hmm. is looking down at their phone. And I felt like mm -hmm. that was this attempt to connect, but we weren't really doing mm -hmm. very well. And if you just looked up, there were people around you, you could connect with, but especially in this generation with my kids in that 18 to 25, you know, or the millennials, however you mm -hmm. want to put it, they're not good at connecting in person, but we're not yeah. really not doing a great job connecting online either. And now that mm -hmm. you've removed the in-person portion of it, people are really connecting well online. So I've yeah. noticed that where I think we were doing, it was kind of half-ass on both fronts. Now people are really legitimately connecting and connecting better. They're reaching mm -hmm. out. They understand the other people's pain. And so they're offering free classes and free opportunities. And like, you know, there's a, there was a video a couple weeks ago about uh, in Italy, how everybody was singing from their balconies. 
Yeah. That's not something that would have happened before this. It's happening because of this. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I hope we can retain that sense of community and connection. So yeah, let's it's definitely making a, a comeback to community and connection. You know, people are having, they're playing music outside. Neighbors mm -hmm. are standing on their front porch there. Even though we're online, people are connecting more. You're right. People are calling their grandparents more. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? You know, people are calling their parents more. Um, so the connection is still, it, it's actually rebuilding itself even more um, because of the way that things are happening, even though we still have the internet and FaceTime, but programs like, for example, Zoom, yeah, uh, which we're using, has been blowing up, not just on the uh, medical front, because a lot of people use it for medical purposes, uh, practices, but on the personal front. They're, you know, grandparents are learning how to use it because they can't get to see their kids, but or the grandkids and, you know, um, other kids are using it to communicate with their friends. So we're seeing just a different form of communication. I do believe that once all of this is over that um, it's going to equal to more people wanting to connect outside more and we might see a little bit less of the phone usage because it'll get to the point where they'll say, hey, we were talking all the time like this. I don't need to always talk to you like this. Like this could still work. I joked with my husband once because he came home and he was talking to me and I was like, Hey, can you sit in the car and text me? Because I like that guy better. <laughs> the guy that, it's, it, and, and he was like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. There's just a different vibe when you're texting me compared to talking to me. And this was a long time ago. And it was kind of like, okay, so if that is a reality, I don't like that reality and that needs to shift. But we did it in this really fun joking way. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy, he's cool. He's hot for me. Mm -hmm. He's like sassy. And like, who's this dude that showed up? You know, I got the tired guy after work now. <laughs> and yeah, I you're think, getting the raw him now. <laughs> and that's joke. I mean, that's a funny way to say it. And we joke, we joke about that. And it was on a day that he was really tired. And I'm like, I want that mm -hmm. sassy guy back. Go, go text me. But uh, yeah. I, I think we are going to see a shift in how we communicate. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. shift into, I kind of want to do kids first because Okay. I homeschooled my kids and was a stay at home. I was a stay at home mom for 10 years and I homeschooled my kids and that ended 15 mm -hmm. years ago. So I haven't done it in a really long time. Although I've worked from yeah. home for the last four, but there's a solid 10 years in between where I was corporate and mom and there are different types of stresses between parenting your kids in a corporate job where you're at the office because you get some separation from your home and from your kids go to school, you leave the house, mm -hmm. you're in an office. Um, I haven't struggled too much with the working at home as far as structuring and uh, being deliberate with my time and staying on task. But I know that's an issue for a lot of people. Just working from home is mm -hmm. so, it's so hard for them to set a schedule and stick to it and feel productive and not all over the place. Part of that is mm -hmm. the just being at home and working from home. And part of it is that if you have kids now, they're home too. So can we talk yeah. a little bit about that? And then I want to talk about how like you might not like your kids now that you're with them all <laughs> <laughs> who are these yeah. kids <laughs> yeah that's that's happening a lot too <laughs> but you know structure and time for um working from home can be difficult because of course in an office space that is set up for you um and you also have somebody watching you so that structure is automatically given there if you have that supervisor that's like right there in your face mm -hmm. um a suggestion that I would have for people who are at home and who are worried about structures that also make just a calendar for themselves. Make sure that they set aside an actual place that they can work. 
Um, I typically have a, uh, my home office is, is upstairs, but my kids are upstairs sleeping, so we're downstairs today. <laughs> so most people will set aside um, small home offices. I do suggest that a home office does not go in your bedroom. Um, that is because that is a place that you're supposed to lay down and go to sleep. And if you always have your work in the same place that you sleep, it's going to be hard for you to fall asleep at nighttime. Um, but setting a schedule, using that schedule either on your calendar, taking breaks is important too at home because, of course, um, you can't work straight through like you do at your office. So it might be a chance that you wait, work just a tad bit longer, but you're able to have those breaks in between. Uh, for parents who are having their kids at home and they're homeschooling them um, right now, because it's pretty much what a lot of the parents are doing, um, it is difficult because there is an adjustment period with uh, a transition from going from either public or private school to homeschooling. Um, the dynamics is different. The, there is no classroom. There is no teacher. There is no, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one instruction, um, depending on the type of program schools have put in place. So there is going to be an adjustment period that a lot of parents are seeing. And with that adjustment period comes a little bit of hesitation from most kids. So parents are upset when they're hearing, you know, their kids say, I don't want to do this. This is, you know, I don't want to do this work. This is stupid. Um, they're not understanding why their kids are reacting that way. But it's primarily because there is an adjustment period. Just like anybody else, you switch jobs, you have an adjustment. Um, what I suggest for people, also the same thing, give your kids breaks with their assignments. Don't give them everything and say, hey, you have to finish it within an hour. Let them take some breaks in between. You take some breaks in between. If you have a work-from-home position where your kids can work with you, that is also good. Um, but if they're unable to work in the same um, room with you, at least be able to go and check on them and just see how they're doing throughout the day. I, well, I am like a calendar addict. So I, you know, my name is Jan and I am a calendar addict. Um, I love the calendar because, and like I run, I have been running with the same group for five years. We run the same three days. We're not right now, but like for the last five years, the same three days, I don't need to put it on my calendar to remember, but I put it on my calendar because one, it's a priority and I'm a priority and two, it's an accountability thing. And so doing that years ago taught me that just, if you don't put it on the calendar, it's easy to skip it. Mm -hmm. And also I love using it as like my, my calendar is like my accountability buddy. So I put everything mm -hmm. when my podcast release, I know what days my podcast release, I don't need to be reminded, but I put it on there because yeah. it's, it's an accountability. It's a reminder and it's a priority. And so mm -hmm. I love it. And now, because I've worked from home for four years and, but now I'm homeschooling. So it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, my calendar is set up differently and I'm lucky, like you couldn't have your kids in the room with you as a therapist, because that's a confidentiality thing where I can't for things like this, I can't for meetings have anyone in the room with me. So I have that set up, mm -hmm. but for a lot of it, I can have, I can be in the same room. And so we're all at the kitchen table now kind of working mm -hmm. together. And there's the stuff in homeschool that we do together. And I have that on the calendar. And then there's a point where we're doing separate things. So, but we're at the table together and that's worked better. Yeah. If I leave the room, it's like everything goes off the rails, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'm interrupted constantly and there's a million questions and it's ridiculous that, that it shouldn't. So I also think that what I didn't realize is that setting boundaries and, but in a different way, not like mm -hmm. put away your laundry after it's finished type setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like this is for you to do. 
on your time. This is your school that I should, this is like a video that you need to watch and write something on. Mm -hmm. You don't need to interrupt me 10 times. Yeah. Like period. So it's setting boundaries in a different way. I'm doing, so I signed up for three classes because it was, mm -hmm. they were classes. I would have spent $1,500 and I've spent 57. Mm -hmm. So what would it cost me over? So I'm, I'm utilizing those opportunities also. So I have a class yeah. and I want to take it and I need to listen and be present for that. Even though I paid $57 instead of over 1500, th this has, I I'm excited and this has a lot of value to me. So you need to be yeah. on your headphones during your class and I need to be on mine doing mine. And this is a no talk time. So mm -hmm. I had to set boundaries differently just because I'm like, I can't, if you keep interrupting me, I can't take my class. I, ca yeah. I cannot keep rewinding or pausing. I, I, it's so frustrating. So mm -hmm. we've been homeschooling here in Nevada for nine days because we had spring break for two weeks and then okay. the kids were supposed, so I've had, ki my kids have been home for over, for a month now. So it was two mm -hmm. weeks of spring break and then we started homeschooling on a Wednesday. So today for me is day seven of homeschooling yeah. and it was nine days ago. Wherever you are in that though, um, it wasn't just, I thought it was a scheduling issue. It was a boundaries mm -hmm. issue also. So I think people just need yeah. to be kind to themselves. And that was friction that didn't need to be there. That was mm -hmm. building up in frustration that didn't need to exist. Yeah. And I think that also, uh, one thing I, I have to note that I forgot to mention. So a lot of homeschool parents don't like to consider this homeschool. Um, the reason being is they say homeschooling, with homeschool we get to take our kids out. Some parents are a part of a co-op association, yep. so they always like to stress that this situation is not homeschooling because a lot of, it's homeschooling, but it's a, um, I forgot the exact term that a lot of um, homeschool moms use, but um, they, because it's almost like the kids are forced to do it. And they are. the parents it's, are forced to do it. Yeah. And, and so they don't have the opportunity to appreciate all the values that come with homeschooling, you know, and the flexibility that comes with it as well. Um, because most of the public schools still try to utilize the schedule. They have the meetings, they may have, you know, this has to be turned in today at this time. Whereas for sometimes with homeschooling, there some parents use a schedule, some parents don't use a schedule. True. This um, is like online schooling from home. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. it is different because I've been a homeschool mom and I'm doing this. Um, I have to say that I'm in Washoe County and we are rated the second worst county in the nation for education. Yeah. So we're at the bottom of the bear, even if we're somewhere in the top 10, in the bottom 10. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. We are one of the worst school districts coming out of graduation. And I may love the teachers my kids have, but as a county mm -hmm. and a district, it has been like, this isn't schooling. This is, yeah. it's been horrible. So I ended up using, going back to my homeschooling roots and setting up a schedule and curriculum because it's, it's abysmal. So you're right. Like mm -hmm. yesterday I was like, I've actually been expecting for the last week to have curriculum show up. Like the, mm -hmm. the, the school district is going to provide this information for me to do. And what they've provided is so awful that mm -hmm. now that could be because they're struggling because they haven't had to do it. And so they're trying to put things together and this is week, you know, we we're, we're seven days that we're week in, and it could mm -hmm. be that I'm in one of the worst districts and it's just not going to get better. But I mean, there are a lot of struggles within online schooling your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, 
it, it is a, a big struggle. And to go back to, um, you know, your question about setting boundaries with kids, boundaries are good, but I also set uh, with my own kids, I give them rewards. So mm. if I have a session, it's either 45 minute or an hour session, let them know, hey, mommy's going to go into a session for 45 minutes to an hour. What are the things that you're going to do during this time? And what I try to do is after every session, even if I have a minute or two in between, I jump out, you guys okay? Do you need anything? Are you all right? Um, I give them different tasks that they can do throughout the day. And if they stay quiet during those tasks, they get a reward. Um, the reward could be something as small as we'll cook your favorite um, you know, dinner tonight. Uh, we'll play the game that you choose to play because my kids are very big video gamers. Um, and you know, we'll play the game that you want to play. And typically, playing the game with them is more of a, a of a, a laughter thing to them because they know how bad I am in the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's just them laughing at me for the entire evening about you know <laughs> playing the game to see if you get frustrated. But um, you know, it's little things like that. And even if I do give them a bigger uh, reward at the end that might be something monetary at the end it's something usually educational based so they don't really see it as they don't know that it's educational based but they see it as a reward so they'll say oh this is book that I really wanted to see uh, read this comic book I think okay everything goes great for all you know the days that I have to work at the end of the week I'll get that comic book for you I see that as an educational thing because they're reading right um, so I have no problem purchasing it but for them they see it as like a major so being able to give a reward during that time as well as setting boundaries um, will make it where a lot of parents can get through this process and again it's you know parents who are considering homeschooling because um, I have transitioned out of uh, private school to homeschooling um, it is very different because homeschooling you do get more of an interaction with other kids you mm -hmm. do have the option of co-op you do get to go to museums and do so much more with um, your kids the flexibility is definitely there um, what, what is happening now is not the same thing so I really don't want parents to look at it and get a negative light of what homeschooling yeah. is and then say I don't want to homeschool my kids because it was just horrible throughout the day you know we had to keep we had all these issues with the computer if there's a time that you can't take one of the, the classes that you have a, a homeschool program that you use online you can always switch to a book you can always switch to you know doing something hands-on that can be completely different and still teaching your child the same thing in homeschool as opposed to what this really is right now. I totally agree. And that is a great, I mean, the resources that I had when I was homeschooling my kids were, it's phenomenal. It's like a totally different community of people that are wonderful. And I've started reaching back out. I mean, in this last week, I just, even though it's been 15 years since I homeschooled, I immediately I prefer the homeschool mentality as much as possible compared to this forced online school. And so I went, and I didn't realize until you were talking, I started connecting with the people that I connected with before 15 years ago, but also the people that I know now that have been homeschooling. They were already homeschooling yeah. when this happened. I immediately started emailing and reaching out to people and asking about resources. Also, you know, in our situation, because I have homeschooled before and we've talked about it, this is a great opportunity to kind of give it a trial run for a couple months because I'm looking at it with that homeschool mentality. So if yeah. parents kind of, a lot, so much is about our attitude though. If you switch gears, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had a bad haircut and if I pretended that it was a haircut I wanted, I'd be a lot happier about the haircut yeah. that I, like you had way too <laughs> short that time, you know? 
what, what if I wanted it this short? I would love it, mm -hmm. right? So it is a lot about our attitude. And if we think about it as an opportunity to, to explore the homeschool mm -hmm. section of it, to decide if it's even something we would want to continue doing. And that's what we decided to do. Like, instead of it being a forced online stressful thing, like, ah, let's look at this as if I had decided to homeschool, what would that look like? And it is a different attitude and mentality. You're totally right. Mm -hmm. Completely I would suggest right. It for, yeah, for a lot of parents who may have, because a lot of parents are, you know, there's memes all over the place about parents saying, you know, uh, the teacher was, was right and they're scratching off the kids off the back of their car. <laughs> the greatest kids, <laughs> the kids are taking that off the back of their car because they're realizing that their kids did struggle in school. But with all of those frustrations that the kids are having when they're at home, ask them why. Like, what is the struggle that, for example, you may have with math? Is it because you don't comprehend or understand the way that the math is being taught to you? Or is it because you still, um, because, for example, for some kids, sometimes they may be behind, but the way that the school system works, they have to keep moving. So even if they're still not grasping one part, let's say if it's, you're going into division but you still uh can't figure out the timetables the two timetables and you struggle with that and division all you're having is twos and those are the ones that you're always getting wrong the kids may get frustrated and say i don't want to do this anymore right and really the only struggle is that they just have not been able to grasp fully the two the two timetables right so this is an opportunity that a lot of parents can say hey let's catch you up let's figure out what are the struggles let's see where that disconnect is um, kids who have issues with reading um, in the classrooms, of course, they, they try to put them on the right reading level, but they only get maybe 20 minutes or so to really read a book that they really like. This is a time to say, hey, what are some books that you do like? I'll order those books. Or yeah. um, Audible has books for free for uh, students. And um, there's a couple of websites that are also offering free you know, books for kids as well that they can read. So this is a time that you can say, let's get a book that you like. Kids will do more work in a subject or a topic that they like. And every subject or topic that they have in school can be geared that way. And that's what a lot of parents do when they homeschool their kids. If yep. there's a math problem, but your kid really likes, um, you know, my kids are into Minecraft. Um, yeah. So it's like the building, you know, blocks. Okay, so how many do we have to do? in order to get this building, how many blocks do we have here? Let's multiply that and figure out so that when we build another one, now we can figure how to, how to build it. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can make it where each one can connect. History might say, well, tell me a little bit about who invented Minecraft. Like, how did they come out, up with this? Like, what is really going on here? Okay, so this person invented it based off of this theory. What is that theory about? So then you can build on it with a kid. This time, parents can um, slow down and I know that for some of them they're still working but take even on the weekends we're not doing the same chores that we were doing before an hour or two to ask your kids what are the things that they like and build on upon them with that in order to make it a little better for them as they go through this process. I agree I mean it's only been a week for us but my attitude had to shift first from the emergency online to back to my roots of homeschooling my kids. But then we really did ask where the disconnects were because you're doing one-on-one -on -one more so. I mean, her teacher yeah. has a class of 28 kids. You cannot mm -hmm. cater to each of those 28 kids, but I can cater to these two that I'm homeschooling, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been like, 
reading has increased, vocabulary has increased, writing. Ha I mean, already in a week, I'm like, wow, we are on a good, this is a good direction because it's catered to her. That's it. That was the only mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, okay. We have uh, about 15 or 20 minutes left. And I really want to talk about the relationships, the marriages and the relationships where we're living together and we're married and you're realizing that you don't really like each other as much as you thought you did. Um, maybe if, if infidelity was such a big issue before, maybe that was happening and now it can't. Or, yeah. but if even if we take that completely out of out, off the table, like infidelity is not an issue. How do you rekindle that spark and reconnect with your partner? So what I have uh, done with a lot of people as suggestion is. If you're going to reconnect with your partner at home, I suggest dating your partner again, getting to know who they are now. Um, it's almost like if you consider um, a tree. Over years, the tree's going to have a couple of different nicks in it, and those nicks are going to come because of different things that may have happened to that tree, from somebody throwing a ball at it, from a bird pecking away at it. And so it's going to affect how that tree operates and moves, but that tree is still going to stand there. So you still have the same core of that partner, but the inside, there's things that have happened that have changed the way that either they view life or they view other people or they view the situation. Dating is really important. Um, I tell people to take it all the way back to even just asking you know, their partner, what's your favorite color? What are some things that you like to do? Uh, what are some movies that you like to watch? Let's sit down and watch a movie together. What are some movies that we like to watch together? You know. What, is there things about me that you don't know? Um, and for a lot of couples who have kids, I say to ask their kids to ask them some questions that they want to know about their parents. Because a lot of times the parents will say, wait a minute, I don't know, or I'm not sure. Um, number one question usually is, you know, how did you first meet? Um, you know, where are a couple of places that you went? And you can rekindle your relationship and bring those things back. But dating, just as if somebody who is single with one another, is really an important way to build that connection again. We've always done, well, I've always done, and then when Dane and I got together, he kind of got looped into my craziness. But I always did something called high-low. So at dinner time, the kids, you know, when the kids were little, it was hard for me to just, and this was pre-cell phones. My, my oldest biological daughter is 28. So we didn't have cell phones, but whether that was in existence or not, back when my kids were younger, it was hard for me to like put aside the fact that I had laundry and dishes and all the million things that we have to do, right? And give them 30 to 60 minutes of my time at dinner uninterrupted, like sit at the table and focus. It was hard for me to do that. Over time, as the kids have grown up and now we have uh, internet and all kinds of distractions, it's hard for them to give me the time. So it was interesting as they've gotten older, how that flipped. And, but it was always important. Like I put my everything on hold for 30 minutes, usually dinner, 30 to 60 minutes to sit at the table. And now you need to do that same thing for me. I, I put my life mm -hmm. aside. You can put your phone down for 30 minutes. So we do technology free at the table. And I know this is about kids, but we did high low. So they could tell me one thing about their day that wasn't great. And then usually three things. We had a big family, three things that were positive. And mm -hmm. then it went to conversation cards where you can print off of the yeah. internet. So um, you can do this with your family, but you can do this with your partner also. And these are so much fun. 
because mm -hmm. if you look up online, like free conversation starters for mm -hmm. families and for couples, and you print off these lists of questions and cut them out and like pull them out of the bowl. And I think that was something that was really fun that Dane and I have done in the past. And they have packs you can buy, um, but they have conversation starters to, to rekindle your spark or to keep the spark mm -hmm. alive or to learn deeper level. And those were great because you don't, I don't have to come up with the idea, with the question. Yeah. Right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to think of anything. And because you're pulling it out of a bowl, there's no judgment. Like, mm -hmm. you're asking me that question? Like, why would you be asking me that question? Like, nope, it's the cards, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because that can be anything from like, what's your favorite color to tell me your favorite sexual position if it's your couple, if you're a couple and yeah. it's your partner. So mm -hmm. you can, maybe you'd be uncomfortable or it would be weird or you would feel put off. But if it's a conversation starter, it's a new, mm -hmm. it's coming from a neutral place. So yeah. what do you think yeah. about things that you can do like that? Those are all positive things to try. I mean, the conversational pieces, I would even twist it. And so for most kids, whenever we do play therapy with kids, we try yeah. to have those um, uh, conversational pieces and ways to connect with the kids. So we'll utilize it in like a Jenga game. Yeah. So for example, you could take those same questions, um, cut them out and tape them on pieces of uh, Jenga. And then when you push it through, you pull it out, you have to ask that question. So you could still connect with each other that way. Um, I've also seen people utilize that same technique on Uno. So if you have a, a you know, pull four, or you have it where um, it's the reverse, there's a question on there that another person has to either answer, or even just an a silly um, move that they have to do, a silly dance, um, you know, that they have to do to just try to connect with each other. But the questions on the Jenga are, are a great idea. The questions, putting them into a bowl and you just mix it up yeah. and you pull it out one day is a great idea. Um, I also give that for activities for newlywed couples where they will put um, one activity that they can try in a bowl. So each partner picks five um, and they put them in together that they have not tried with each other. Okay. And so if neither one of the partners have tried it, it's a new activity, they put it in a bowl, they pluck it out, and then they try that activity for the week. Um, but those conversational pieces bring families together, get families to know one another, um, and take some time for them to just slow down a little bit. Ah, I love that. And you have, you have the workbook, right? Yes. The, uh, before I do the premarital counseling. Yeah. Workbook. Talk about that. Um, Cause I love that. I still want to get it, even though I've been in this relationship years and years and years, but tell us about that. That's awesome. So my workbook is, I primarily started this workbook because in the beginning, when I was working with a lot of LGBTQ couples and polyamorous couples, we could not find um, resources in other workbooks for them. So premarital counseling for some people can be very expensive because it's not covered through uh, health insurance. Um, but, you know, it's an important part of a relationship because a lot of people think they know their partner and at the end of the day, they really don't. Um, so when I created this workbook, it was so that it could be used by everybody. There's no pronoun usage. It's like, you know, uh, she, her in, in the book. I mean, he, her in the book, you know, the, it allows it where anybody can utilize the book who may have a uh, heteronormative or, um, you know, relationship, but they, you know, or they don't have a heterosexual, you know, relationship. They may be in an LGBTQ relationship. And so, um, or either polyamorous. Um, so, being able to have a workbook that allows for everybody to utilize some of the activities in it to get to know their partners is very important. So 
in the workbook, I talk about even death and dying. I talk about um, interreligious, inter, you know, interracial couples, um, talk about in-laws, we talk about families. There's, there's a lot of worksheets and questions that you have to sit down together and talk to your partner about. And these are things that sometimes are covered in some counseling sessions and sometimes they're not. Um, and so the couples can go through and answer those questions. Um, like for example, with a death and dying one, if uh, somebody is on life support, do you want to be on life support? Do you not want to be on life support? Yeah. Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? A lot of couples sometimes don't talk about it until that moment happens and they say, well, I think this is what they want, or I'm not certain, but this is what I'm going to do because this is what I want. Right. Um, and so those are conversations you can have. A lot of couples who may be um, in a religious, for, for example, may realize one day, well, I didn't know that you were, you know, Baptist, but I'm Catholic, so I want to have a Catholic wedding, but I want to have a Baptist wedding, <laughs> but I want to raise our kids, you know, Catholic. So those are conversations you can talk about ahead of time. So that it doesn't cause um, marital discord or issues later on. I loved, I loved that one. I'm so glad that I remembered that um, from our first interview, because I, I think that that's a place that we're so weak in without realizing it. I think so many, first of all, I think if you thought about a prenuptial agreement, people get fired up about that because it's financial, right? You're yes. assuming mm -hmm. that we're going to get divorced and you want to keep all your stuff. And mm -hmm. that, I mean, it is a protective measure in that event. But if you think about a prenup as the things that you really want in a marriage and, and, and finances are just one of 10 things, you know, like for mm -hmm. me, date night's really important. I want date night every week. And I put that in a prenup that we do something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be monetary. It could be going for a walk, but we do something with just each other. I don't think people think about what their expectations are in mm -hmm. relationships. And then sometimes, and I don't know how applicable it could be. Like if I got that workbook now and we've been together for years and years, there's probably mm -hmm. a ton of stuff we haven't sat down and had actual conversations about that's in your workbook. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like so a lot of people that definitely. utilize. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people that utilize the workbook um, surprisingly aren't, um, or have already been married or are yeah. in the process of even thinking about getting a divorce. And so they're trying to save their marriage by redating. I got Finances it. is one of the top uh, things that a lot of people come to counseling about because they realize that their partner has a lot of debt uh, or they realize that their partner is really bad with finances. Um, and that happens after they're married because yeah. before they don't combine those um, information. Um, I think it's important that each couple at least knows where their partner's financial standings are. There are some people that say, oh, no, we're completely separate. I don't want to know anything about their finances. They don't need to know anything about mine, which is fine. However, if that's going to be separate, nothing needs to be combined together. Because when you combine it, then you're saying you can still be separate, but it's okay. Um, I don't need to know about that. And you will find out, you know, interest rates are high or the person has a lot of debt. And then uh, it caused a problem later on in their marriage because they're saying, I didn't know that you were in this much financial trouble. Right. Um, so it's either you keep it separate or you put it together. Uh, but if you do put it together, talk about those finances ahead of time. Sit down and go through your credit report together. Sit down yeah. and go through your bank statements together. <laughs> you know, find out what some of those issues, um, you know, before you either get married or even afterwards when you do get married, uh, people will get the book and go through some of the questions of finances. Yeah, I love it. I, well, and I mean, there's so many other things like I, I know 
So Dane's wife passed away and she was cremated and mm. he had other people and family. So I assumed because mm -hmm. of the history that he wanted to be cremated and he does not want to be cremated. Now, mm -hmm. I, I mean, like I, I would never do anything intentional to go against what mm -hmm. he wanted, but I would have cremated him because through the past history of things that happened, I made the connection that that's what he wanted and it wasn't. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that was a really, I'm like, wait a minute, you want your body buried. Like I would have mm -hmm. never put that together. So I think it's just actually having conversations that you didn't have because it never came up. Like you said, life support's mm -hmm. a big one. And we make yeah. assumptions based off of what we know about them or what we want ourselves. So I love that workbook. Mm -hmm. If people are trying to reconnect, um, you do kind of have to go back to square one on some of it and on other things, maybe yeah. it's okay. But so mm -hmm. you talk about spending time together and separate and getting to know each other and asking those questions and really kind of almost starting over. And that's the best mm -hmm. way to rekindle that relationship or when you realize I'm with this person all the time and I don't think I like them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I really feel that this is a time that if you're noticing these problems in your relationships are starting to increase, really seek out therapy services for them. Um, because therapy now is being offered to people um, via telehealth. There are some clinics that are still open, but I think that it's because of how their uh, practice is set up. Yep. But um, you can always do video-based, and I know for some employee assistance programs or EAPs, they also offer phone-based for yeah. uh, people as well. So take advantage of this time if you're noticing there's a problem in your marriage to start working on those little things so that when you come out of this, things will be a little bit better. Olivia, I think to wrap things up, because this conversation is with you, if people wanted to find you for therapy, do you do it online and how does it work out of different states? If I'm in Nevada or someone's in Michigan and they contact you, how does that work? Just so that we kind of have an idea. So we are supposed to only practice in the state that we are licensed in. Um, so I'm licensed in the state of Maryland. Um, but if there's ever somebody that's outside of state, if I can't see that person, we do have a uh, list of referrals of other clinicians okay. that we do utilize. Um, so my practice is called Life and Visions Counseling, and we're out in Catonsville, Maryland. Um, they can always reach us at 410-870-5615 or our website, which is www.lifeforvisions.com. Um, we do have an intern. Her name is Shannon, and she posts things on our website once a week called Shannon's Corner, where she lists some things that are happening now in relation to marriage, the quarantine, and she updates some stuff for regular consumers. Mm -hmm. um, they can also purchase my book on Amazon, um, as well as keep an eye out as we're bringing back some webinars for the everyday public that um, can go on there about different things with relation to marriage, how to understand uh, their health insurance, employee, you know, the EOBs, um, yep. how to understand a diagnostic that is provided to them, and just everyday things. Uh, we're bringing all of those things back. Great. And we'll have all the links to, to all, to the website and, um, to the ebook on Amazon. We'll have that in the note descriptions and thank you so much for coming on and talking about this with me. Oh, thank you for having me again.